Well, there are predictions that there is a likely interest rate hike next week. Not good news for householders, with new data showing inflation in the September quarter was running at 1.2%, up from 0.8% in the June quarter. It's time for a Curtin University update, and joining us right now from Curtin University's Energy Markets are Associate Professor, or is Associate Professor, Liam Wagner. Good afternoon to you, Liam. Good afternoon. Yes, it's what people don't want to hear, obviously, but uh, it seemingly is the only way we have to go. Is that right? Yeah, I think that uh, it's it's very likely that we will see interest rates going up um, on Melbourne Cup Day, and uh, certainly into the future, they're going to be watched very closely by the RBA, mm. and I think that we'll probably have more interest rate rises next year. Yes, I, I saw something on the news just, I think, last night to say that they may get things levelling out by 2025. That's another year of heartache, really. It, it is, and it really depends on, uh, obviously, consumer spending, but um, energy prices are a you know, really big input into everything that we buy, mm. and I think that energy prices are going to have a significant role to play. It's very hard to cut back on those things uh, when you think about it, run a household with a family and you have to use your car to get to and from work. Most people do anyway. And that's where it comes from, isn't it? The um, petrol prices. Well, yes, but also the, I guess the diesel price is probably more significant because yeah. uh, you know everything that we buy at the supermarket uh, has diesel embedded in the price. Obviously, transport from the, the distribution centres to the supermarkets, and of course from the, the the food when it's grown in a field or wherever it's grown, um, it's obviously going to be transported to a processing facility. So it, there is a lot of embedded diesel in everything that we buy. Yeah. And that is really what's uh, you know d- driving a big proportion of, of inflation. Why why do we have such high fuel prices? Well, there's a number of things that are contributing to it. Obviously, we've seen the withdrawal of supply uh, from OPEC Plus, so that's the Organisation for Petroleum Exporting Countries and Russia, so plus Russia, as it were. Yeah. Uh, they've reduced their supply deliberately to keep prices high, but also in concert with uh, demand has actually been slipping because of global economic activity. But we've also seen the the withdrawal of supply of Saudi medium and heavy crudes into the Southeast Asian market, where we're linked to, which has had a significant increase. impact on price. Mm. Uh, You're suggesting that, well, it's quite emphatic, actually, that Australia's lack of energy security preparedness must focus on facilitating the uptake uptake of renewable energy and alternative fuel sources for transportation. That sounds a a good idea. How could that happen? Well, I think that um, obviously we're going to have to make it easier for people to buy electric vehicles and we're obviously going to have to make it easier for um, particularly trans, sort of heavy transport or logistics and freight, uh, to switch over to other fuels, so such as ammonia, which would require a lower capital investment to actually modify the engine of the fuel tank to be able to use ammonia. So tell me I mean, about that. Could you? Could you? I'm sorry to interrupt. Could you explain what that yeah. is, then, please? So ammonia. Obviously, we use ammonia in fertilisers, but at the moment we produce ammonia from um, methane. So that's our hydrogen donor, and we get nitrogen from the air, and then you create ammonia. Okay. So if we can get renewable hydrogen, so produced from renewable electricity, 
So we split water with solar energy or wind energy, and we capture the hydrogen. We can create renewable ammonia for use in trucks. And I think it's really going to help us um, create some stability in energy pricing. Is that feasible in the short term? Well, I think it would certainly be over the, uh, the medium term. It's not something we could start doing uh, at scale tomorrow, but I think that within the next five years we're going to start seeing uh, f- particularly fleets of trucks being converted into alternative fuels, yes. Oh, that's interesting. I was talking to Professor Peter Newman, of course, about uh, renewable energies and that sort of thing, which is want to talk about a lot. And, of course, electric mm-hmm. vehicles are the great solution uh, to a whole lot of things. But he's concerned about the number of charging stations. Lack of. Well, yeah, there, there is a distinct lack of charging stations. And I know that the, uh, the charging stations on campus at Curtin are always occupied. Yeah. Um, and being able to get in to actually charge a car is quite difficult. But... Having said that, um, you know, obviously people can charge them at home and uh, then use it to go around the city. But for longer journeys, yes, it's a, it is a concern. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- there is the, the ability to uh, put on charging stations which can fit in a shipping container. They've got solar panels on the top and a battery and then they can charge the cars okay. so, along the way. But for longer journeys, uh, yeah, I mean, you you're talking sort of three or four hundred kilometres. Yeah, it's not enough really when you look at uh, heavy haulage trucks bringing product across, you know, the Nullarbor Plains or something, or going up to yeah. northwest. That's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think that we have to go to go yeah. to um, zero carbon emission fuels. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. So we could go to that first, and then perhaps uh, longer term. I mean, the electric vehicles are certainly seemingly the answer, and a lot of people are very keen to get into them. It's the cost of them as well at the moment. Well, exactly. I mean, you're paying an upfront cost for not having to pay sort of the uh, the fuel tr- the fuel price, as it yeah, were. Because yeah. when you're charging, it's quite cheap if you're doing it at home, but you're not having to use petrol. So you're sort of having that embedded cost into your car. Longer term, um, yeah. In the longer term, it is much cheaper, but in the shorter term, it's a big outlay. When you say charge from home, can you explain how that is? I'm sort of visualising you plug it into the PowerPoint or something. What do you do? That's exactly it. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you can charge those cars um, at home. Uh, You can either have a a fast charging uh, sort of wall set up, or you could just have a, um, just a, there's a special attachment that you put onto your car and then you connect your PowerPoint to it. Oh, that seems to be the way to go then. It, mm. was, it was mentioned to me after I spoke to Peter Newman last week by one of our staff members here. They looked into buying an electric vehicle, but they ch- uh, decided not to go ahead because if, if the battery itself breaks down, to replace it is extremely uh, expensive. Would that be right? Uh, well, it can be, but then, of course, if it's a new car, it should be under warranty. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. these batteries um, are modularised, and so you could just take the whole the module out, and then the manufacturer can just get rid of the, the cells inside of that bigger okay. module that don't work. Okay, there are a few things that have mm. to be attended to, but we have to move into the future pretty quickly, it seems, because the effect yes. on the Australian household is dramatic and leading into Christmas, I mean, people are going to want to still get p- gifts for their families, so they're going to be putting it probably on credit cards and so on. They will, um, but I still think that, you know, that there's um, <clears throat> certainly still a lot of economic activity at the moment. We're still seeing a, a lot of um, lot of spending. It has gone down a little bit, but I would say that 
Um, most people would be putting their gifts uh, on credit cards, yeah. and that can have a you know future consequences for their financial stability. Mm. When we're going through such hard times financially, which a lot, a lot of people are, how is it that we are still spending as much as we are? Are they people that are mortgage-free, that they're retirees? Do you have any idea? Well, I mean, certainly the age structure of Australia has um, obviously changed over the last 10 years. And yes, we are. We do have a lot more retirees who are spending money. Um, That's certainly, I think, on the last report from the RBA. Mm. Uh, And we will see... <clears throat> still a slowdown, though. Uh, on average, I think we will see a slowdown once uh, interest rates go up again uh, in November. Yeah, look, look it is interesting because if they if they haven't got a mortgage, that isn't going to affect the people that have got money to spend. And, of course, a lot of people are going away on holidays these days. Is that taken into consideration, the money they spend, well, or is it they've spent overseas? Well, yeah, so certainly um, when they're working out how to change the interest rates they look at how the prices of a basket of goods changes over time and obviously holidays both domestic and international are included in that basket when they look at the price changes so you would see um you know obviously yes people going on holiday Mm. is going into that calculation but it's really about how the prices are changing okay well i think baby boomers should uh, stop spending (laughs) <laughs> that might help the economy a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously the the interest rate's going up. Um, it does obviously give people an incentive to save, uh, but when it affects people's mortgages, it's a form yeah. of forced saving is what they call it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. I remember, yeah. I know we baby boomers refer back to this, but it was, I think, the 80s or 90s. We had an 18% interest rate on our mortgage, and let me tell you, that was pretty heavy going. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I think that that's, um, you know, it was a fairly scary time yeah. um, with that higher level of interest. But I guess the, the consideration now is that it's actually really difficult for people to get into the housing market because of their deposits. Yeah. So having a 20% deposit on a much more expensive house yeah. um, can be quite quite difficult to get. I think adult children are going to be staying with their parents for a lot longer. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I. I, I don't know how long my children will be staying with it, with us, but um, they're only quite young at the moment. So, uh, yeah. yeah, get ready for it. Look, things may change. We have everything cyclic, isn't it? I mean, we have really tough times, and then it eases off, and the interest rates might go down. But if they're saying twenty twenty five, it's another twelve months of pretty hard slog. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. If you've ever got any happy news, let us know, Liam. Will you? <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> Good on you. Thank you, Liam, indeed. There you go. Curtain update from Prof- Associate Professor Liam Wagner. Curtain.